Hello, and welcome to the Today's Air Defenders podcast. This is Amber Osei, the Air Defense Artillery Schoolhouse Public Affairs Officer. And today we have a special guest, Brigadier General Richard Harrison, who is the Commandant for the Air Defense Artillery School here at Fort Sill. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Amber. Thanks for having me today. This is truly an honor, and I'm excited for this interview. Awesome. Well, today we're going to be talking about Black History Month, and um, we want to talk about that because it's it's real important. It's important for Americans and really just everyone all over the world. The Commandant is African-American, and he is the first Air Defense Artillery Commandant that has been African-American. So we want to kind of dive in to talk about some of that stuff and just serve it in the U.S. Army and just air defense in general. Sir, would you like to start out, just tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you, ma'am. As you stated, ma'am, I'm the, the first African-American commandant of the ADA school and, and certainly an honor uh, to have that title. And, and I'll say it up front, I, I will not be the last. I'm, I'm confident in our, in our army. I'm confident in our nation, I'm confident in our branch. Uh, that we have young leaders that are African-American that will grow up the ranks and, and that will be uh, future African-American commandants. Uh, so I'm confident of that. And so I just want to state it up front. But I'm from a small town in North Carolina. It's a small town called Sunbury, North Carolina. Not many folks know where it is. It's a small town in Northeast North Carolina, about 12 mm-hmm. miles from the Virginia border. And it's a town that has one traffic light and everyone knows everyone. And we all went to school together and the same teachers taught our parents that taught us. Those humble beings and humble upbrings, I think, is what really the foundation of my military career and foundation of who I am as an Army officer. That, that's, that's something that I witnessed as a kid, seeing the, the, uh, the kindness of others. I, I, I saw an opportunity where my, my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles would help each other and help neighbors and people at church. So I really grew up in, a, in an environment where it was giving, it was helping others. And I think that has helped me in my military career because, again, the military, we're about helping people. We're about helping others who are less fortunate, helping others who need, uh, it's defending our nation's priorities. So it's it's really, that that's really the foundation of my service and why I serve uh, and continue to serve for uh, nearly 28 years now. Awesome, so growing up in a small town, um, what was it like for you whenever you first enlisted? Was that a big change for you? It certainly was. I uh, enlisted in the Army Reserve while in college to make extra money. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. My, my dad was a truck driver and my mom worked at a sewing factory. So we didn't have a lot of money. And we had, I had two siblings uh, that were home, two sisters, and I had three older sisters who lived outside the home. So we had humble beginnings. So to me, the Army was an opportunity for me to have, you know, obviously money and, and to gain some experience in, in life. Uh, so it was different. I, I saw my family members join the military, but they were enlisted soldiers. Uh, and when I got commissioned to become an officer, it was a change. It was different. It was something that had not been seen in recent history in my hometown. And it was Certainly an honor and a lot of responsibility. Awesome. That sounds awesome. And what year did you get into the military? Uh, I got commissioned in 1994. It's a long time ago, it seems like. What would you say that you've seen as far as changes go for inclusion and diversity in the military since you've been in? Oh, great question. I've seen the Army really uh, take an active part in doing that. In fact, we have a you know a uh, diversity you know strategy in the Army now. We're making an effort uh, to really bring in diverse population uh, of uh, people in our army. In fact, our recruiting goals are set now uh, to bring in diverse you know, uh, soldiers into our army. Our promotion systems now have taken away photographs so that board members look at an uh, individual's file 
and 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 assess it based off of that versus a picture. So we've we've moved uh, quite a bit in the army in terms of diversity and inclusion. I've seen more African Americans, more minorities of other races, you know, in senior positions in our military that we can look up to. Uh, so we we've really led the way and continue to lead the way. And I've seen that change in my 28 nearly 28 years of service where it uh, didn't happen early on. I didn't see a lot many many officers that were senior that looked like me. I've seen a, a huge shift in our military, and it's certainly uh, rewarding and, and, and exciting to see. Awesome. So um, along those lines, um, what would you say to any African-Americans out there or any um, you know minority that's looking to join and become an air defender? Oh, great question. Uh, certainly, uh, there's an opportunity in our branch. We have... Uh, you know, uh, three general officers uh, that are African-American in our branch. So we're a branch that's certainly diverse. In fact, we're the most diverse combat arms branch in our military. So air defense artillery is, it continues to lead the way in terms of bringing in uh, minorities and bringing in females and really giving everyone an opportunity to be successful. Well, I, my advice to a young African-American officer would be just to set your goals high and uh, and, and strive to achieve them. Uh, you set a small goal, you, you achieve a small goal. You set a big goal, you'll achieve a big goal. Uh, I'd say get mentors. You, you got to have someone that's gone before you that has paved the way, has gone through the the changes, gone through the ups and downs in their career to help you avoid those uh, those challenges. Uh, so I'd say find a mentor and find mentors that don't necessarily look like you. Oftentimes we try to gravitate to people that look like us you know, through a fraternal tie or a sorority tie or just a, you know, being African-American. But I'd say find mentors that don't look like you because they have a different experience. And what you do when you're educating them, because a lot of our senior leaders who, who, are, who are white, they don't understand what it means uh, to, to grow up black. For example, my last boss, uh, Army Four Star, and we were talking about just what it means to be a black officer and what my experiences were. I said, well, sir, I often get called, when I'm in civilian clothes, Sergeant Major or First Sergeant, because that's the default that our soldiers and some of our civilians default to that, that I'm an enlisted soldier. I'm a senior enlisted soldier. And he said, uh, I said, sir, have you ever been confused to be a first sergeant or a sergeant major? He said, no, no one's ever called me that. So I, I get that every day. I said, mm-hmm. if I had a dollar for every time someone called me a sergeant major or a first sergeant, I'd be a pretty rich man. So we had the conversation. And then the following Sunday, we were playing golf. He was driving the golf cart. I was on the passenger side. And we played the front nine. We were en route to the back nine. And we passed by the golf pro. And he says, good morning, sir. Good morning, sergeant major. So I looked at the, I looked at the CG and I smiled. He just shook his head and said, sir, that's another dollar first of all i said that's what i go through is that people people see me as a black man first they don't see me as a senior officer certainly now a general officer that's that's rare but my, my goal is to engage with those people who haven't seen a black general officer let them know that we're here let them know that we're human and we we are you know someone to uh to, to they can look up to as well too uh so i try my best to make myself known and, and not in a negative way, not in a, in a, a hubris rate, but a way that people will now change their train of thought. People will look for black officers, look for black general officers. That's my, my approach. Awesome. That's good advice. And um, I agree with you on all of that. So what does, uh, just switching back a little bit to Black History Month, um, does that have any kind of um, special significance to you? Do you and your family or you and any of the other soldiers do anything special for Black History Month? Absolutely. My military career, we, we've done tons of observances, you know, during Black History Month. I participated in, uh, I've, I've sat through and observed, you know, uh, our soldiers, you know, commemorating the contributions of, of African-Americans and Blacks in our military. And it's each year I learn something new. So really, for me, it's an opportunity to learn 
opportunity to be proud, opportunity to be humble, you know, at what the contributions and sacrifices that our, our, our African-American forefathers went through in order for me to have an opportunity. You know, I think about, you know, Henry O. Flipper, who served here at Fort Seal, the first African-American to graduate from West Point in 1877, you know, first African-American to command black soldiers here at Fort Seal, the 10th Cavalry. I think about what did he go through? I mean, he went to four years of West Point and didn't talk to anyone. No one talked to him because he was black, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I look at I look at what he went through. He persevered through a lot of segregation, a lot of discrimination in order for me to have an opportunity. So I think about that during Black History Month is that so many African-Americans before me sacrificed so much for me to be here. I can't squander that. So now it's pressure. It's I tell people that it, it's it, people think it's fun to be a general and it is fun. Don't get me wrong, but there's pressure in being a general officer, especially a black general officer, because you are among the few that have made it and you're being looked at through a lens that's quite different than some of our some of our white or, or other uh, race counter uh, counterparts. So, so it's it's a it's a challenge. Uh, but I'm, I, I, me and 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 my fellow uh, African American general officers, we we rise to the challenge and we try our best to really you know set example for others to let them know that you can make it here, and then uh, you you can have an opportunity to do something that's that's really uh, mind blowing, and you can have others see you as an example. Well, I think you're doing an awesome job, sir, of doing that, and I I do think that. Um, Several people look up to you, and just as the army and as a whole, um, just throughout my career, I've I've definitely seen um, African Americans be in these great leadership positions and be a great mentor to me. And um, I could just say that um, you're definitely on that list, sir. Well, thank you, man. That truly means a lot, and that means more to me than than any other award I've been given, any other medal that I have on my chest. It said that I made a difference in someone else's life. That's that's the legacy that I strive for uh, in my career. Now, uh, uh, being honest and transparent. Now, when I, as a younger officer, I didn't see that. I couldn't see that. I was so young and immature. Mm -hmm. I was. It was. It was about me and myself. But the older I got in the military, the more mature I got in the military, I started to see that it was about others. How can I positively impact the lives of others? How can I make a difference? How can I? change someone's life for the better by offering them a word of advice, offering them my support, or sometimes just a laugh. And, you know, I ask soldiers about their favorite football team and ask them about their hometown and, you know, to just tease them about a few things and make them smile. So one, I changed the impression they have of general officers, that we're all just, you know, what you see on TV, we're war generals, we're, we're, we're about, you know, war and about, you know, so we're, we're not all about that, you know, that there's a time mm -hmm. for that. And, and we're, we're gonna get to that should the nation call on us to do that. But we're people too, we're human. We want to see the human side of you. I believe that if I connect with the soldier and really lead him through intrusive leadership, I can get him or her to do whatever I need them to do because I've made that connection with them. And I, I've seen that to be true throughout my military career. Having that connection with soldiers, they will, they're the reason I'm here today. The American soldiers that I've served with and, and, and worked for allowed me to be here in this position. And I'll never forget that. Their sacrifices, they made me look good. That's good. Well, um, along those lines, um, just to do with air defense, um, where do you see yourself in air defense in the future? And what's your next step? Not official. Uh, my, my announcement, it will come out here pretty soon from the General Officer Management Office. Uh, but but uh, I'm going to a exciting job uh, in, the, in, the, in the very near future here. And I'm really excited about what it's going to do in terms of give me a broader perspective on the army, you know, working at uh, a much higher headquarters 
than we are now, this opportunity that I have coming up here is going to be great for me uh, to uh, to really learn a lot uh, from other senior leaders. So I'm excited about that. Uh, it's a first for an air defender to work in this job that I'm going into. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. You know, it's it's one of those opportunities where you know you there's no blueprint there on the desk when I get there that says this is how an air defender does this. So it's something that I got to make the blueprint for. Uh, and, and it's my responsibility to leave that blueprint for the next air defender who has this job that I'm going into. Uh, but 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 hopefully in my future, I'll have an opportunity to command air defense soldiers again. Uh, I, I will tell you, my time in command has been the highlights of my career. Now, I've had the pleasure of commanding four different times. And truly, it was an honor, first of all, and it was certainly a pleasure to lead American sons and daughters. So I'm looking forward, uh, hopefully in my future, the opportunity for me to command a formation again, uh, an air defense formation again. And uh, that that would really, you know, kind of put the icing on a on a really, you know, exciting career is to have, you know, commanding under my name uh, one more time before I uh, hang up the old uniform. There you go. Well, we will surely miss you once you depart Fort Sill. And it has been so great to have you on Fort Sill and also great to have you um, as a guest today and give us some insight on um, black history, what it's like to be an um, African-American soldier. And we just really appreciate you, sir. Well, thank you, ma'am. Again, th this was an honor for me. Certainly, you know, exciting time to, to share my story and hopefully someone who listens to this and can connect with this and really see that uh, they too can achieve what I've achieved. You know, I I've done nothing that, that can't be done by someone who just applies themselves and the secret sauce is just treat others like you want to be treated. Uh, I, I tell people that's the secret sauce. If you treat others with dignity and respect, uh, then good things will come to you. Good soldiers will gravitate to you and they will take care of you. So, uh, so that, that's my parting comment here. This has been a pleasure for me on this uh, snowy uh, day here at Fort Seal uh, to be able just to share a few thoughts uh, from, my, from my heart uh, about my military service and certainly about the uh, you know, Black History Month. Uh, really a perfect time to, to highlight the contributions of great uh, African-Americans who, who have done so much uh, to, for us. And the last thing I'll say is this, as I sit here in the, uh, the famous uh, Hurley House here on Fort Seal, named after Patrick Hurley, the former Secretary of War, uh, I think about the you know, Buffalo soldiers who built this house. You know, this is about a 6,900-foot mm -hmm. house that, that was built by Buffalo soldiers, African-Americans. And I wonder, as they laid the boards and they laid the foundation, did they think about ever a Black person living in this house? You know, so that's, to me, I, I'm humbled when I open a door here every day to, 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 to understand that those young men who built this house, who looked like me, they had no idea that one day that someone who looked like them would be a resident here. Uh, so I, I'm excited when I move out of here, my name will be on a plate near the door to signify my stay. And uh, I'll be the first African-American to stay in this storied Hurley house here on Fort Sill, Oklahoma. So it's certainly an honor to be in a house built in 1911. So I'll leave awesome. you with that. Thank you. Awesome. That's awesome. And uh, just to wrap things up, we were just speaking with Brig uh, Brigadier General Richard Harrison on the Today's Air Defenders podcast. Um, about Black History Month. Be sure to tune in next time um, and we'll have a different subject, different time, different place. And this is Amber Osei signing out.